0: Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackaby Ministries International.
1: Well, welcome to episode 66 of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. 66, that's 66. amazing. It is. My name is Sam Camp, and I am the host <laughs> and I'm joined as always, by Richard Blackaby, for whom the podcast is named, Richard, it's always good to see you. Well, thanks. Well, today uh, we're discussing a very important issue uh, and Mm -hmm. one that I think every leader has to deal with at some point, in some way. uh, It comes in all shapes and sizes. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to dive into today?
0: Yeah, Sam, this is a more difficult one, but it's about discouragement and certainly leaders face it. Uh, or they have to battle it uh, because not everything goes the leader's way. And uh, I think we're seeing, especially in these days, that there's tremendous pressure on leaders uh, to be able to turn things around, to make a profit, to grow an organization. Everybody's eyes are on the leader to somehow save everything. And so leaders come in with a lot of uh, fanfare and expectations and promises. and, And then a lot of times things don't turn out the way that they hoped it would.
1: Yeah. And and they get a lot of blame if it doesn't.
0: Yeah. And so I've, uh, you know, when it comes to pastors, I've uh, met with many who will go for dinner with me at a restaurant or something and just pour their heart out. I've had pastors that for an hour or two hours, just poured out all the frustrations and the church had told him one thing. And when they got there, uh, it's totally different. And people aren't supportive and they're critical and they're killing themselves. And yet, people just want to criticize and second guess them and uh there's even just been uh recently a couple of pretty high profile suicides for pastors yeah. uh at times that was uh you know there was other factors there was some mental illness and other things involved with that as well but um but it just shows you just how difficult it can be emotionally right. uh, to lead sometimes and so I, I thought it'd be good for us just to talk about what do you do? And, and of course we should probably have a caveat to say, if you are struggling with mental illness, clinical depression, some very real issues, uh, that, you know, that's going to require that. That's more than just discouragement. Right. Um, Right. In fact, sometimes life can be great for, for people like that. But, uh, clinical depression can make things look dark anyway, and so right. that's a different issue, and that requires professional help and intervention, and often medication, Absolutely. but I, I'm talking about just, you know, emotionally healthy people um, who just struggle with feeling discouraged when things don't go their way.
1: Right, so we, we, we you know, we're, we're not going to dive into to the the mental illness aspect of it, but I think we we all get discouraged. And mm-hmm. uh, but I think there are unique challenges for leaders. W- what would you say are some of the some of the main causes? I mean, there's all different kinds of discouragement. Yeah. But let's yeah, maybe we, just kind of look at a, a few here.
0: Yeah, we can't certainly do an exhaustive study here, just in this short podcast. But uh, a couple that I would just highlight, maybe three. One is uh, what I would just call uh, disappointment. Hmm. Uh, leaders always. They should come in with a lot of hope and expectation, but uh, but like I said, things don't always work out uh, the way they hope. One one is uh, disappointment with results, because ultimately leaders are expected to get results. Right. So if you lead a company, you're you're expected to it, it help uh, have healthy profits and to uh, have a, a well running team and to develop a healthy culture and uh, to have good rapport with uh, customers and clients. But uh, sometimes we come in and we may have a plan, uh, we may have a vision and, and even a PowerPoint presentation, but, uh, but then people don't always cooperate the way we thought they would. Or yeah. maybe we come in and there's a, I, I, I work with one young CEO, uh, had lots of great ideas, but he came in and started trying to implement them in 2008, just as the, uh, uh, the, the economic downturn hit. Yeah. And so, you know no fault of his own his plan was good he just could didn't have a fortune you know of crystal ball to right. like to know just that just the timing was yeah unfortunate. so you know there could be a 911 you, you you may have just started a new uh, expansion and then your whole you know customer just went down in flames in a trade tower and you uh, it, things happen that you you can't count on yeah. and so uh, and and sometimes we think that we have a good plan and then um it just uh, it just doesn't pan out. It's we, we miscalculated. We, we didn't see all the factors involved. Yeah, and um, you know people just or they it just doesn't work out. The numbers don't end up adding up, and yeah. and that's disappointing as a leader because you you're paid to get results, and month after month goes by, and those results aren't uh, being produced. The well, other...
1: you want to have something to show for your for your effort.
0: You yeah, know. and you know there, the people have, will give you a little bit of time, a little bit of patience, but any more that's a very short leash leash. And if uh, there's no results, uh, you'll you'll feel the the pressure of that. And the other area of disappointment is with people. Uh, people will make promises. You at times maybe you you hire someone. That is supposed to just solve the problems in your organization. Maybe they're a fundraiser, and you expect this person's going to just—they have a great track record of raising money, and they're going to raise lots of money for your nonprofit. Or maybe they're a great salesperson, and boy, they've—they've they've had record sales and for other companies, and uh, you know, they're just there's just so many different uh, people that you could hire, or enlist, uh, recruit, and. Uh, and you place a lot of hopes in them, and, and sometimes they really come through for you, but not everybody does. Uh, there's some people that will grossly underperform, or yeah. they just won't follow through on their promises and commitments they made. And uh, that's perhaps even more painful uh, when you trust people, uh, and then they let you down. Maybe they turn on you. Uh, maybe they subvert uh, you instead of helping you, and and all of a sudden you realize, these people I was trusting, and uh, by by. I cared about uh, and they've betrayed me, let me down. I tell you, that's just devastating. And I've known some pastors, uh, people in church work that felt that way. And um, it's very discouraging when you've invested in people and you may have really cared for them. You may have given them a lot of breaks and help. And instead of them appreciating all you've done for them, uh, they throw you under the bus. And I'll tell you what—that's that—that can discourage even some of the hardiest souls. Yeah, uh, when that happens. Yeah, and I think uh,
1: inevitably, if you're dealing with people, which any good leader is, I mean, yeah, people are always going to disappoint you, and that maybe that's a, a critical way to look at
0: it. But yeah, it's—I mean—but people are not perfect, and right. so you you can't. You can't uh, base your calculations on people acting perfectly because you, you will yeah. be disappointed. and And that's why I say you really have to watch your expectations. Don't expect too much. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying you should be a pessimist, but I'm saying don't be so idealistic that you're constantly being disappointed. Yeah. Um, try to be realistic. I'm working with imperfect people. We're expecting progress, but I realize that I'm not going to put all my hopes. I'm not going to be starry eyed thinking that this will just be a silver bullet that will solve everything. There's probably going to be some bumps in the road. Uh, you have to kind of guard yourself a little bit so that you're not just constantly disappointed, but... You're realistic. You know that some, you know, some shortcomings will come along the way as well. So w- disappointment is certainly one of the causes of uh, discouragement. A second one is just—I I just call it weariness, uh, just overwork. You know, when you feel great, when you when you feel healthy and and energetic, you've you've been sleeping well, you're exercising, you're running five k's a couple of days a week. Uh, well, you're still going to have to deal with some emotional trauma and stress. But you can just handle it better. Right. But when you're tired, uh, when you've not been sleeping well, when you're overweight, uh, when your heart rate is racing because you're carrying too much weight or you're not not exercising, well, then the same stresses that you might have blown off now weigh heavier. They take a toll. And uh, I know it used to be um, that I remember I went through a season where my wife now and then would just she'd catch me sighing just taking these deep breaths and I, I was just tired and when you're tired you just it's just way easier to be discouraged yeah you don't have the emotional energy the physical energy um, to be able to just withstand the emotionally draining experiences that you have to face and uh, you just you're when you let your tank get empty then when all of a sudden you got to kind of step on the gas and, uh, and and plow through a difficult time there's no there's no gas there to Uh, to use. And so, uh, but I see a lot of leaders these days running on empty. They've, they've got no emotional reserves, uh, no spiritual reserves. And so when someone disappoints them, when the numbers don't come out, like they were anticipated, uh, profits are, are, are losses instead of profits. Uh, when, when you're tired, it's just hard to take. And, uh, you'll find yourself is I've, I've been there at times where when I was really tired, Something happens. It's not even that big of a deal, and it's like, why am I getting so worked up about this? You know, <laughs> yeah. why am I so cranky about that? Like, it's I I I normally would just blow that off, uh, but so that's ti- why I think that's why
1: airports can be such a volatile place. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: a lot of tired, jet lagged people, uh, and having to deal with life. Um, the the last uh, cause I would just say is spiritual dryness or spiritual neglect. Uh, when you've been neglecting your, your walk with God, uh, when when I, when I see someone that has a vibrant, growing, dynamic relationship with God, it's hard to get discouraged. You know, it's like my dad said, used to always say, if you're standing and looking at Christ, the risen Christ seated upon his throne, ruling the universe, it's pretty hard to be discouraged, no matter what's going on. But if you get your eyes off of Christ, if you get your eyes fixated on the problems, the disappointments, well, then all of a sudden it doesn't necessarily take all that much uh, before you're feeling discouraged. So again, I, I I know even pastors that are very susceptible to this, where they're they're dealing with the Bible all the time, they're preaching sermons to right. other people all the time, they're counseling other people, but. Uh, but they're not necessarily filling their own spiritual tank. They're they're going to the Bible to get a sermon, not to f- fill their own mm. personal tank. And uh, and so I, I, with your prayer life, uh, with your Bible study, when when all of a sudden you find that um, you're 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 neglecting those areas, well then uh, it doesn't take much uh, for a disappointment to come along, and the next thing you know, you're knocked right out of the saddle. And uh, so just neglecting your own walk with God is going to make you very vulnerable uh, when you have to face the disappointments that are inevitably going to come.
1: Right. And as we said, this is, we're just looking at a brief overview of, of just some of the ways that, that leaders can be discouraged uh, as they lead. And uh, we're going to look at some uh, some solutions to this in just a few minutes, but we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll we'll kind of unpack some of the ways that we can overcome these disappointments and discouragements and and dryness uh, in your leadership and your spiritual life.
0: Twice a year, Blackbee Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is November 4th through 6th and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until October 1st and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackbeecoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes.
1: So Richard, uh, as we said before the break, this isn't exhaustive, but uh, we've looked at a couple of ways, uh, three ways that, that leaders can get discouraged and, and, and ways that they can uh, just kind of be attacked. Uh, and so now we kind of want to shift and, and look at the, the ways that we can perhaps overcome some of those discouragements some of those uh, pitfalls that, yeah. that leaders might face. So can you walk us through some of the ways that, that we can guard ourselves against discouragement? Yeah,
0: and, and again, of course, this is not exhaustive, but here's a couple of things you can do right off the bat. One is uh, take your cares to God. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. That's a great, great truth. God cares about you. So take those cares that you've been carrying and toss them on him. And of course, that implies that you've got to do something about it. If you hold on to your worries and concerns, then you you have to keep on carrying them. Uh, It is a choice you make to say, Mm. I'm not going to carry this anymore. And uh, and I think that's something that we need to do daily. Mm. I mean, daily, you've got to say, what are the burdens, uh, the worries, the stresses, the pressures, the disappointments I'm carrying around with me today? And I just need to go to God and just perhaps symbolically just take those off my shoulders and just toss them cast them upon him and he's happy to take them from you in fact he looks at you and says why don't you give these to me sooner you know yeah. you've been wearing yourself out and so i i find that there's just a great exercise of just regularly saying what is it that's draining me right now god i i just need to put the burden of this on you uh, so i'm not the one carrying it all the time uh, so that's one thing second thing to do is just get rest rest physically spiritually emotionally get rest. You know, God uh, created uh, the world. He worked for six days and then God took the seventh day and made it a Sabbath. He rested. And of course, God didn't need to physically rest. Uh, but I think he set a great model to say, even God took time just to stop working, to, mm. just to stop and to cease and, uh, and just to enjoy what he had done, enjoy what the creation was and what it was for him. Uh, and I just know a lot of leaders that don't, they don't rest. They don't stop, especially nowadays with, uh, your cell phone, even on the weekends, you know, you're constantly checking it and searching stuff and an email came in and someone texted you and I'll just check this site real fast and see how it's going today. And, and, uh, we find ourselves just on duty 24 seven. Yeah. You
1: know, and I've seen a, I've seen a move with a lot of people to sort of take, uh, you know, off grid time, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And even if that's a day, even if it's say Sunday or Saturday or half a day or a whole day or a whole weekend, even to say, you know what, I'm putting, putting the phone down, Yeah, you know, maybe in an emergency, pick it up, but you know, you're not checking in all the normal places that you do throughout
0: the week. Yeah. Cause that, that can just... I'll tell you what, that's a hard thing. You know, it's for some people, it's like detoxing off of sugar or something. Right. For, uh, well, to I actually mean, just turn that, your cell phone off yeah, for Yeah, we know hours. these things are addictive.
1: Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, we feel like that we, for whatever reason, things, you know, too much could happen in a weekend and and yeah we just can't put it down
0: and i'm I'm certainly guilty of that i think there's a way i think it's good to perhaps try to take a, a a true sabbath where you stop certain things especially if it's really work-related emails and so on i just perhaps do sort of like the the jewish people did and saturday night until sunday night just uh or friday night to saturday but for christians you might go saturday night to sunday night just just don't check your email. Just turn it off. Uh, if all your loved ones are with you, especially, and you're yeah. you know, always worrying whether there's a crisis. And, uh, but, you know, we, it's amazing. I, I grew up, raised kids without a cell phone, and I, they all survived, you know. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> People we, have been living for, for quite a while <laughs> without, without the need
0: to be constantly uh, connected. So I'd say get some rest. If, one of my first things, if someone came to me and said, I'm worn out, I'm discouraged, I want to quit, I'd say, you know what, take the next two days off. Go to bed early. Don't stay up late watching TV. Uh, Get off of the blue screen and uh, just rest. Just get a deep, soak rest and then come back and we'll talk about what you're facing. A third thing is just replenish yourself. Uh, When when you're discouraged, almost inevitably, you're empty. Uh, So fill your cup back up. Uh, For a lot of people, especially pastors, but also other kinds of leaders, you're giving all the time. You're constantly concerned about other people or concerned about the organization. Um, but you're not doing things that just are caring for yourself. And so that may mean just reading a good book. It may mean taking your full vacation uh, taking your weekends off. Uh, it might mean just having a nap. You know, there's uh, as I get older, I, I kind of had to stretch there where I just, I never napped. I never took like a Sunday afternoon nap, but there's uh, there's been some times lately where I've just really felt like, you know what? I just, I think if I just kind of sat back in my recliner for an hour here and closed my eyes, I'd be able to really be invigorated for the rest of uh, all I've got facing on into the evening. So the other thing is get around friends that make you laugh. Hopefully you've got someone in your life that just has a way of sort of tickling your funny bone. And (laughs) I've got some people like that in my life, uh, that whenever I'm around them, I get silly. I get kind of giddy. (laughs) And, uh, and sometimes you got to work to get around those folks. You may yeah. not live close. Uh, it may take some effort. Uh, you may feel like you're too busy to do something so frivolous as just go to like a movie with a friend or go out for lunch or just go for a hike, go for a golf game. But do something that where you just laugh and you don't worry about the stress and strain of your work responsibilities. It, it, that's not just frivolous. I used to think that that's, uh, you know, got too much to do. But I realize yes. is I don't do nearly as good at work when I'm empty as when I'm, I'm my cup's full. Yeah. So if this guy will fill my cup, I actually will do better work. And so it's not a waste of time. It's actually going to make me more productive. And the last thing is just, I, I say just quiet the voices. Uh, there are certain voices we listen to that will discourage us. Uh, maybe it might be a critic. It might just be this kind of negative person that we're around or someone that just keeps on highlighting all the negative statistics. Uh, and there, there's comes a time where you just need to turn those voices off for a while and, and listen to positive voices, listen to God's voice. Uh, but don't, but sometimes we get almost entranced. It's almost like we're, we're in front of one of those, uh, snakes that is hypnotizing us and looking in our eyes and we can't break the spell of this negative news cycle. And so we keep watching it or we watch the the, the news on TV hour after hour, getting discouraged about how bad things are, how bad the economy is or politics or whatever else. There just comes a point where you're you're down, you're empty. You don't need to keep hearing those negative voices. It doesn't mean that you don't face reality, uh, but you don't have to Continually, just immerse yourself in negativity all the time. Get out of that uh, place. Go find a friend that will make you laugh, and uh, and don't just victimize yourself by staying in the in being just drowned by negative voices. Mm. Uh, sometimes you got to get up and just get out and get around positive people and get a different perspective. So there, those are just a few things. There's many things you can do, but uh, but I would say, Sam, if if one of our listeners even today is just feeling really discouraged. There are things you can do. I think one of the worst things that can happen is for you to begin to feel helpless, like yeah. there's nothing I can do. Uh, you always can respond. Uh, it, like as if we saw in Peter, you can cast your cares. Just gather those cares up. It doesn't mean you don't have to still deal with the problem, but you can cast all the worrying and stress and strain onto the arms of Jesus and let him carry it for you. But uh, don't just stay in a place of discouragement because it, it wears you out and it robs you of the joy that God wants for you.
1: Well, Richard, I think this is a great place to to end our discussion on this today, and uh, I really appreciate you uh, just showing us a few ways that we can handle the inevitable discouragement that comes. Hmm. One of the things that we like to do uh, periodically is answer questions from listeners, and we've got a few here uh, that we want to go over. Um, We have a listener, David, who wrote in and uh, has this to say. He mentioned a podcast that we did, Moving People Onto God's Agenda, last year. Uh, He quotes you saying, leaders never blame followers for not following. Um, And you say, good leaders, uh, you know, if they're not inspiring people to follow them, then they need to find a different way to follow. Um, And uh, in his observation, he says that this is actually a bit discouraging, because uh, even when he looks at the life of Christ even he wasn't able to get everyone to follow uh him and you know there's inevitably people who just aren't aren't going to follow what what it is that you're doing regardless of how many ways you change your leadership so how would you help someone sort of
0: deal with those yeah that's a great those there's great questions and and that's all true uh, I, there's a couple things I would just, I push back on with that though. And one is, it's true. There are some people that are just not going to follow. Right. Jesus had a Judas. Uh, and you know, there, Moses ran into 10 spies that were fearful. Uh, you don't have to look far to find that even some of the greatest leaders had people that still were not follow them. Right. So that's true. Uh, but a leader's job is to lead. That's what you do and uh i've seen some I've seen some leaders of of uh, organizations businesses and churches that were were hired to move the organization forward to solve to address problems to to grow the organization and the leader uh, a year or two later it was things were just stuck in a quagmire yeah. the, the whole organization was not moving uh, the church was still in decline like I've known pastors who were in churches, and for 10 years under their leadership, there was steady decline, less and less attendance, 10 years in a row. Uh, now, those leaders can come to you and say, well, my people just don't want to reach out. My people don't want to grow. They just, uh, I've preached, I've prayed, but they just don't want to change. Well, you, when someone tells me that, <laughs> I want to say, well, you were hired not to make excuses. You were hired not to just see if people might want to move. You were hired to move these people, to grow this organization. And you've had 10 years and they, it's not grown. So at that point, you either need to find, a, don't keep doing the same thing. Don't keep leading the same way and then say, hey, I've done all I can. It's their fault. No, if, if year after year, you're not getting results, you don't keep doing the same thing. You don't blame the people. You, you either change what you're doing and find a different way. You say, it's up to me. I'm the leader. I'm not waiting for the followers to come up and say, oh, I'm so sorry. If you just do this, we'd be happy to follow you. No, the leader is the one who's always taking the initiative to say, what is it going to take to get these guys moving? Uh, and uh, so you either find what it takes or you get out of the way. You, 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 you move and get out of the way. I, I literally have known pastors, uh, and I, I know I've especially focused on churches, but it, it happens in business as well. Uh, I've known pastors that came to a church that was growing before, when, before they got there and then they came and all of a sudden it's declining and there's discouragement. People are leaving, but the pastor blames the people. Well, they, they're just not spiritual. And you want to say, well, well, they sure seem spiritual under the previous guy. Things they, they were knocking it out of the park under him. Mm-hmm. Did they just all of a sudden not become spiritual anymore? Did they all of a sudden just become rebellious? Or could it be that you're leading in a way that they're not responding to? And I've known leaders who just stayed there year after year after year until the church was in ruins, And uh, they didn't even have the integrity just to say, well, clearly I'm not the match for these people. I, I don't. My leadership style is not working for these people. I need to get out of the way. And that's why I push back on that just to say, it's just an abdication of, of leadership when things are going poorly around you to just to blame the people and yeah. say, well, I did my best. The people just didn't want to follow. I, they wouldn't. Can you imagine a someone coaching a professional sports team and 10 years in a row ending in last place in the entire league, but then saying, it's not my fault. I've, I've done the best I could. It, they, the team just doesn't want to respond to my leadership. Well, I mean, that could be said of Buffalo. <laughs> now, I was afraid you might go there. <laughs> that Buffalo's actually had four coaches in the, about the last yeah. six years. They, they're trying. They're, not, yes, they're so not tolerating that, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, the last coach they fired, uh, I really liked them. And I liked a lot of what he said, but he was not getting the results. And the, and the team basically said, yeah. we're not hiring you to be a nice person. We're not hiring you to do the best you can. We are hiring you to get results, like get in the playoffs, like win games. And if you can't do that, you can't just blame... Now, certainly the players have responsibility for why the team's not doing well. But uh, ultimately, it's the leader that's going to yeah. be held accountable.
1: And I would say, you know, to
0: his point, there will always be... The outliers, right? They just they won't, and that's why I I would sort of distinguish now what I've what I've portrayed here is when an entire organization is in trouble, you know, where yeah. you're it, the whole the church is in perpetual decline, or this organization keeps losing money, keeps losing clients, and no matter what you do, things don't turn around. And in that case, I would definitely say. Uh, well the, then the leader needs to go or the leader needs a huge overhaul but yeah. uh but leaders don't just blame the, the organization and say it's all their fault uh but uh, but uh, but there are individuals sometimes that will not respond now you may have turned uh, certainly this happens in professional sports where it, perhaps the team is doing pretty well but you've got this one uh player that's not responding they're not following the system they're not giving a uh, full effort and uh they're a distraction to the team. At, at that point, I would say, uh, you, as a leader, you you try to find what will motivate them. You try to find what what can you tap into that inspires them and uh, helps them and equips them. You certainly don't just give up right away on them. But uh, and I would say, you know, even this um, uh, this uh, uh, person with the question mentioned Jesus. Of course, he had a Judas that that did not follow him. But but you also notice Jesus never gave up on him. Right to the very last supper, Jesus is washing his feet. He is saying in front of all the disciples, I know which one of you is going to betray me. I mean, he's doing everything he can to give Judas the opportunity not to betray him. Even when he sees him in the garden, uh, he's basically still loving him. And Judas is kissing him. And identifying him to the others and Jesus is still trying to be kind to Judas uh, and even on the cross, Jesus is he's being blasphemed by both thieves on either side of him. but by the end of that experience he's already converted one. Here he is his dying breast and he's still not giving up on a, a murderer who was blaspheming him earlier in the evening yeah. and so Jesus doesn't give it, it I think it's it's faulty to say. Don't, you, don't use Jesus simply as an example of someone who failed. He, he didn't give up. He kept on trying. And in some cases, right near the very end of his life, he's still having some success turning people uh, to the place that they need to be. So that's what a leader does. He's not going to have a 100% uh, success rate with individuals, but he's also going to not give up and he's going to keep trying. And, uh, he's going and in some cases, he's going to finally turn some people around where they actually become productive and, and positive. So I, I, I know that that's putting some extra pressure on leaders. Uh, but I think that's where it belongs. I think there is, should be extra pressure on leaders. Yeah. There, it's, a, it's a noble calling to lead. And we just have far too many people, particularly in politics today who never solve problems, who never address issues, but they want us to keep electing them. And they keep wanting to blame other people for why they haven't solved the problem. And I would just say, that's not leadership. That's politics, it's not leadership. Hmm. Leaders are held accountable. They're expected to get results and they don't blame other people when they don't get those results. They do what it takes to get people to turn around. And uh, if it's just an individual, sometimes you have to ultimately fire that individual And get a different individual, but for the sake of the organization, leaders do whatever it takes to ultimately get the organization moving to where it ought to be. So a lot to be said there, but I'm not letting leaders off the hook. Uh, Ultimately, followers certainly have their own responsibility, but at the end of the day, it's the leader who's responsible to get people moving and get organizations moving. And when you start blaming other people for why you're not successful as a leader, you're not a leader. All right. I think we'll leave it there. Again, if you would like to submit
1: questions, uh, send those to us, podcast at blackaby.org. And uh, until next time. We'd also just like to say thank you for listening. Uh, We'd love you to share this with your friends. Uh, You can leave us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for listening.